1: Good afternoon, my time at least, and welcome to Temple Patrick Golf Club and Spa. Yeah, I know, what am I doing here? The season has barely ended, there are Spain games to come, there's a Champions League final on Sunday, and yet, temporarily, briefly, here I am in the Belfast sunshine, and it's glorious. Now, you're... No, you're right, I didn't phone you because of this. What do you mean, how did I get your number? No, look, um, it's been my great privilege this season again um, to write for ESPN FC about mostly matters involving La Liga Clubs, La Liga Personalities, La Roja, Spain, in a World Cup year too, which makes it doubly exciting. In a season when Real Madrid again, Qualify for the Champions League. It feels vital, as in it feels like being on the pulse to still be writing about Spanish football. Over the 20 years I've spent in Spain, there have been, I think it's arguable, a plethora of clubs who've grabbed Europe's attention. There's no arguing that Valencia did it, a couple of Champions League finals and a Europa League win, Deportivo La Coruña knocking out Milan, 4-0 in the Riesor when Milan were reigning champions. Villarreal twice going to, we must use the adjective, unfeasible Champions League semi-final um, appearances. We could go through Sevilla repeatedly winning the Europa League. There are other big Spanish-European stories in club football. Barcelona for a while <clears throat> caused polemic by arguably producing the best football of all our lifetimes. Best, defined best. Maybe you didn't enjoy it as much as you enjoy the way that Zidane's Real Madrid conquered Europe. Zidane and Ancelotti as a partnership. Four out of five Champions League finals, was it? That they that they that they won one gap year. Um, Carlo Ancelotti's 2014 triumph Absolutely astonishing for its drama Zidane's three in a row Partly thanks to, what, momentum? Brilliance? Big moments? The fact is that latterly It's become, by far, Real Madrid Who are the dominant European force from Spain It wasn't the case when um Pep Guardiola and when Luis Enrique were in charge Two trebles won then But latterly it has been, significantly so And that, even though Real Madrid I think Are statistically at or around The most successful club in world football history There are arguments, clearly But aren't they the dominant name in world football history? They're certainly dominant in terms of the European Cup The European club Champion Club, such an unwieldy. The real title is the European Champion Club's Cup. Something like that. The Champions League. You know it as. And here they are again in Paris. Their route to the final has been genuinely extraordinary. If you tot up the number of times that they were on the ropes, that they were out, it's Hollywood-esque right from Buster Keaton with the house falling on him, but because the door's open, the house falls on him and he he stands un- unhurt because the gap where the door was, the front door was, has, has left him free. <laughs> through every breakneck, hanging off a cliff, being pushed off a train, can the heroes... C- <laughs> the way in which Madrid somehow managed to get through against... Paris Saint-Germain and against Chelsea and against Manchester City has been extraordinary. Who knows what kind of torrid test Liverpool have got in store for them at Saint-Denis on Sunday night. But there was a torrid test of an entirely different nature this week when it was announced that they'd failed in their first big post-season objective. That's why I wrote about this for ESPN FC and why I'm lucky enough to be reading this for your enjoyment.
0: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
1: Nice dress. Uh, it's a
0: it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare.
1: There's a lot of schadenfreude at Real Madrid's expense right now. But for those who are enjoying their extreme discomfort at losing out on Kylian Mbappé, the message is, watch out, the empire will strike back. The 23-year-old Frenchman is a phenomenon. There's no better way to put it, and it's not an exaggeration. This kid profiles as becoming one of the best strikers in history. He's not there yet, but that's why I said he profiles. He's so talented, so bright, so hungry and so athletic. So, the sting of feeling betrayed, which has brought a rosy flush to Madrid's cheeks, won't dissipate quickly, particularly as this constitutes a third time that Los Blancos need to suck up the Close, but no cigar sentiment, as far as Mbappe is concerned. Not pleasant. He was there as a 12-, 13-year-old kid, but Madrid's directors at the time wouldn't cough up. He was supposed to be leaving on a freedom of contract this season, but before that, Madrid thought they had him purchased. Twice now, he said, no, I'm staying. The worst thing at the moment, obviously, is the loss of what was planned as an absolute goal bonanza next season. Given the state of their La Liga opposition right now, it wouldn't have been presumptuous of President Florentino Pérez to calculate that signing this prolific French striker, while keeping hold of the club's current key footballers, would have guaranteed Madrid retaining their Spanish title next season. Why? Well... Mbappé has racked up 205 goal contributions, either hitting the net or giving assists, for Paris Saint-Germain in 173 matches over the last four seasons. That's utterly remarkable, particularly when you recall that when that sequence began, he was only 19. And while Karim Benzema will now regret his affable reply in a L'Equipe interview last month when he said... I've got a great understanding with Kylian in the national team and I'd love to play with him at Madrid. We'd score double the goals or maybe even treble. You can understand why he made that remark. Given that Benzema and Vinicius have already contributed 100 goals and assists this La Liga winning season, the addition of Mbappe and the benefits for the current strike pairing were going to look enormously threatening for Madrid's rivals both domestic and European. So this is a setback, not easily forgiven or assimilated. Nevertheless, it's one which Madrid under Florentino Perez have got a history of soaking up, a history of redirecting their fury, and then like all good empires, striking back with furious vengeance. Look, the date stamp was 2013. Neymar had not only been on Madrid's radar for several years, they'd even had him, like Mbappé, training with them at Valdebebas in 2006. That €60,000 fee that I mentioned for a 14-year-old put the interim board off signing him there and then, something which the coaches had thoroughly recommended. But when Florentino Perez returned from his presidential sabbatical, he quite understandably made signing this live, mercurial Santos star an absolute priority. Sufficient hard work and due diligence was done that Madrid's president and all those around him believed there was a clear pact with Santos, with Neymar's father, with the player's agent and with the footballer himself that in 2014 he'd be signing for Real Madrid. However, the ascension of Sandro Rosé to the FC Barcelona presidency was a threat which Florentino underestimated. And the ex-Nike Brazil executive gradually persuaded Santos, the Neymar family and the key agent that it was to the Camp now to partnership with Leo Messi, that Neymar should head next. Rosé, in, in turn, made an awful hash of telling the truth about how much it cost Barca to wrench Neymar away from his planned destiny at the Santiago Bernabeu. There were various governmental and tax office investigations and the club was regularly forced to reannounce the sum that they'd actually invested. But Neymar shone brightly, particularly with Messi and Luis Suárez, When the Blaugrana stormed to their second trophy treble. Now you don't become a billionaire construction magnate, as is the case with Madrid's president, without knowing how to nurse your fury, unleash a torrent of revenge and then savour the act of striking back. Neymar, his talents, exploits, controversial life and career choices Has always attracted attention. Still, I'd argue that it's unfair, unjust, that what Florentino did next has been a story far less appreciated than the nonsense around Neymar. Publicly, from 2013 onwards, the Madrid leader covered his dignity by claiming that Simon Neymar had become financially unattractive rather than simply admitting he'd been gazumped by Barcelona. Florentino began to apply the, you sign one of ours, and we'll hit back by signing five of yours remedy, which he may have pinched from other important empires. Before Neymar had completed a season at Camp Nou, Madrid's president employed José Antonio Calafat de Sousa, who goes by the name Juni. Juni Calafat was given explicit orders, and they were find me the next Vinicius, and then the one after that too, then repeat the process all over the world. Perez decided that revenge on Barcelona, on Sandro Rosé, and indirectly on Neymar, wouldn't be sufficient. He wanted to go on a continuous spree of signing the best young talent anywhere in the world. Now, don't forget, this was a spree which ignored his previous galactical policy, the policy upon which he had surfed to power in 2000 and one which sparked a short but powerful era of glory with Ronaldo Nazario, Zidane, Beckham, after Luis Figo had started the process. In fact, the whole idea was a complete vault face not something a powerful supremely self-confident magnet will often find palatable. The previous success template of signing an established, glamorous, coveted, world-famous talent in his mid-to-late 20s and then adding another and another and another was set aside. What followed was bolstered by Madrid's president having the fortune of finding that re-recruiting Zidane Allowing him to participate in the full range of Los Blancos activities, corporate ambassador, director of football, coach of Real Madrid Castilla, the B team, and assistant coach to Carlo Ancelotti, was another jackpot idea. So, while in the background, Juni Calafat was diligently doing his work, to what would become extraordinary success, Madrid's old guard were winning Champions League after Champions League, largely thanks to the exploits of Cristiano Ronaldo, whose arrival at the club owed to Ramon Calderon rather than to Florentino Perez. Nevertheless, the type of fury which Perez will undoubtedly channel again, now that Mbappe has turned his back on what was considered to be a done deal, had huge effect. Having been in charge of Brazilian operations to begin with, Juni Califat signed both Vinicius and Rodrigo. Remember them? If the former, the winger, has grabbed headlines more consistently and is part of a current 100-gold partnership with Benzema this season, nobody who follows football will need to have Rodrigo's importance over the last three months explained to them. Lower profile than Vinicius, yes, and somewhat less explosive on the ball, he remains an extraordinary 21-year-old talent whose 10 goals in 26 Champions League appearances can be compared with the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo needed 27 Manchester United matches in the Champions League even to hit the net for the first time. Think about that. And for those who do enjoy schadenfreude, no matter who the inflictor or the victim Please remember that Barcelona were so sure that they, not Madrid, would sign Vinicius that Gerard Piquet put in a welcome-to-our-world video call to the young Brazilian only to then see the work that Califat and Perez put in had been enough to convince the maverick 18-year-old that there was a better plan for me at Madrid than at Camp Nou. Madrid had Vinicius, just as Barcelona had had Neymar. Calafat's promotion first put him in charge of South American operations and now he's the lead figure in how Madrid scout and recruit across the world. So, yes, you're right in your conclusions. It's either Califat's direct work in person or his team of people which can take the kudos for signing the 18-year-old Fede Valverde, the 18-year-old Eduardo Camavinga, and 21-year-old Eder Militao. There have been, inevitably, other investments which don't match the stellar impact of the three Brazilians, the Uruguayan and the Frenchmen. But in the transfer market, literally nobody bats a thousand. The point is that it was the brutal sting of disappointment and humiliation over losing Neymar at the last instant, which sparked a sustained tide of investment, New policy, intense competitiveness, which, while Madrid continued to dominate the Champions League in the meantime, has left Carlo Ancelotti now with magnificent young players, all of whom have had a serious impact, even Camavinga, in making Madrid Spanish champions and putting Los Blancos on the verge of an historic double triumph. Historic because only once since 1958, Have Madrid been champions of both Spain and Europe at the same time? While Florentino Perez was waiting to get Mbappé at first an affordable price and then for free, he's been doing two main things. Setting aside financial resources to pay the Frenchman a sizeable eight-figure sum, I'd guess 200 million, as a signing bonus a figure which Madrid are now free to reinvest in other new players in an area where the team is perhaps more deficient, starting with Aurelien Chalmeny from Monaco. The other thing that Madrid's shrewd president has been up to is reconstructing the Santiago Bernabeu into an 800 million football palace, where soon the superstars of the world will crave to play count on it. Losing out on Kylian Mbappe will have negative effects. Plans in tatters. Benzema's magnificent but not getting any younger. There's corporate and personal embarrassment. And you can bet there'll be an anguished debate within the club about whether to admit it wasn't personal, only business. And then to set about a fourth attempt to sign Mbappe when his renewed contract is halfway through you'd estimate midway through season 23, 24, or not to go back to that poison chalice ever again. However, the empire will strike back. It did before, will again, and who knows, this is for you to argue amongst yourselves about, the cumulative effect of what happens next might even be positive for Spain's champions, despite their fury, frustration and embarrassment at missing out on a phenomenal footballer right now. Can you see it?